Hey, friendos, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson and available wherever podcasts can be found. It is Royal Rumble Sunday, Larson. Woohoo. Woo. Yeah, woo. One of my five favorite days of the wrestling year. There's no one else in here. It's very exciting. The Royal Rumble, like you said, one of the most fun pay-per-views, maybe the most fun pay-per-view because everybody loves surprises and you get 60 of them during this roll, you get 50 high 50s of them. No, you, you get don't. 30 and 30 surprises. Yeah, but not this year because like 20, 43 of the 60 spots have been announced so far. You don't know what number they're coming out. Yeah, but you know they're going to be in it. Anyways, here you go. Anyway, they ain't like it used to be where Vince would, oh, numbers Even are then, you didn't know what order they were going to come out and begin the show. Man. Anyways, let's go. So you get a bunch I want of that surprises. Next. You get a bunch of surprises. Change it. Surprises. And uh, so it's very Impotent. exciting. <laughs> Fickle. Weak. Gillette. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so yeah, very exciting. We're going to be watching the Rumble uh, live. Uh, later today. Later today on our live stream reactions. Should be a lot of excitement there. So uh, come check it out. Yes, please. I got to invite Hilton still. I don't know what he's doing. Well, I can do that right now. And then, uh, yeah. So, but this is Matt Chat. This is where people send us. I'm a, I'm a text Luchando. This is okay. This is where people uh, send us video questions. Uh, of course, you can participate in the joy of Matt Chat by uh, giving us twenty bucks on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. But that's not all you get at twenty dollars. Twenty dollars, you also get the uh, Friendo Care Package, which includes comic books, some stickers, and a poster. Uh, and so that's very exciting. But we have all sorts of reward tiers on the on the Matt Chat on the Patreon. It's not just the Matt Chat tier. Uh, but we got a lot of questions to get through. Text sent. Some of them are, uh, have to do with the Rumble, which we'll have watched by the next 24 hours anyways. Yeah. yeah. So. All right, very well. First question, though, is from Stevie Bradley, the enforcer, and it's not about the Rumble. That's so. weird. Where are you at, Stevie Bradley? No, this is, this is a good question, too. That's why we start the show with it. Go ahead, enforcer. Hey, Steven Larson and all the friendos out there. It's the enforcer. And I got a real quick Matt Chat question for you. This new era that we're into, where they say they're allegedly listening to the fans. What's the report card so far? We're through the build to Royal Rumble. It's Royal Rumble Sunday. How do you feel? Do you feel positive, negative, somewhere in the middle? I personally am enjoying the shows much more. Uh, SmackDown is still better. But what do you guys think so far? Progress report. Where are they at? Let me know your thoughts. Too sweet and a hearty handshake. Thank you, Enforcer Stevie Brown. Thank Bro. you, Man, Enforcer. I love his new setup there for his match yeah, man. questions. Dramatic lighting. He's got a new hockey jersey every week. It's that one solid. he was wearing today looked phenomenal. It's a solid. Be- there's, there's one person on Matt Chat today who has an A plus visual video. Uh, he comes up uh, middle of the show. But Enforcer has a solid B-plus Matt Chat setup. Yeah, there. Enforcer. What uh, what hockey team is that jersey from? That looks really neat. Well, we're not on Skype with him. No, I know. But I'm hoping he'll see this video on Saturday or Sunday because it's Patreon. 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 Uh, he tweeted, you know, you get this early on Patreon. Sure. Um, that he'll tweet at me and say, oh, it's from this team. Because it's be a pretty cool-looking cool jersey. Anyways, uh, shake-up report card, Steve. Do you want to go first or something in the middle of something there? I can see. Do you want me to go first? No, nah, man, I'll go first. All right. Uh, okay, so let's take a look at the actual changes that have taken place since the shake-up. Number one, uh, Revival seemed to not be very happy 
and uh, and they've demanded changes. McMahon seems to have uh, uh, complied to, to some degree. Uh, I think it's too soon to tell on that. Well, no, he, they got some screen time with Vince, so that he seems to be okay with it. So uh, in that respect, we've got better revival matches uh, instead of all these shenanigans. Uh, so that's 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 good. Uh, we've gotten more Vince. That's bad. Uh, we've gotten. I don't know. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. I'll give it a solid B plus. Same as Stevie Bradley setup. It's a, it's a solid B plus for the shakeup. I feel like they're giving it's us some generous. stuff that we that we might want. Yeah, I, the, look, the wrestling's better. The wrestling's better. That's all I really care about. B plus. F. Wow. I'm not serious. I'm joking. Oh, wow. So instead of saying what's changed, let's let's talk about what was promised to us and what results we have seen since the promises were made. It's been about a month. Fresh matchups. Ray versus Almas. Yeah, that's one. Ray versus Almas. Mustafa Ali versus Samoa Joe. Let me finish. But we also have uh, still Baron versus Elias. We still have AJ versus Daniel Bryan. There's a lot of holdover still. That's a good one. That was in the middle of it. Mixed results so far as far as new matchups. Fresh uh, mixed results so far. Uh, fresh faces. Promised. Haven't really seen many of them in an important capacity. Heavy Machinery had a match. Nikki Cross has had a match. Uh, Lacey Evans declared for the Rumble. EC3's done a lot of posing. Lars Sullivan. No showed. Stayed home. Um, so we don't know what kind of impact those new faces are going to make because they haven't declared for their brands yet. Um, so still too soon to tell. How about this? People- We're the boss now. People we like, are the authority. People like Finn Balor, and they're giving us a lot of good winning Finn Balor stuff. Okay, let me finish, please. Are you done? Oh, I thought this was a conversation. Like a no, this is an argument, man. I'm, I'm making my point. Uh, uh, we're the boss now. Yeah. Um, we're the authority, the people. Yeah. Um, so if I'm the boss, I want Finn Balor to win the Royal Rumble, but I know that's not going to happen. Brock Lesnar is going to retain. Still too soon to tell. Everything across the board, I feel, too soon to tell whether actually actual genuine change. The most prominent change thus far is more Vince on TV, and that's not good for TV oh, I think by and wrestling, large. I think, I, think, I think the wrestling aspect of things has gotten better, and I think that's the most important thing. B minus. Too so soon to tell. Really not that far apart. B minus. B plus versus B minus. Then we, we both almost, say it's a solid B. I almost said C plus. Oh, oh my goodness gracious. Because it's too soon to tell. Yeah, I mean, almost Ray, it's been great. Yeah. The, but SmackDown was putting on good matches even before they made all these promises that stuff's going to happen. Yeah. SmackDown, by and large, has been more or less the same show. Mm-hmm. Um, just uh, Andrade, Cien Almas is on TV more often, which is great. Oh, yeah. That's um, but, you know, by all accounts, Mustafa Ali is going to be brought up before any of this happened. You think Andrade feels kind of like a, a, a jerk now? Because he's like, he told a bunch of people not to go to WWE and they hella like showcase him now in the main event on SmackDown. He's probably like, man. At the time, I'm sure, based on what he was, his experience was, that's how he felt. It's like when you talk maybe crap. if Maybe in a year when Rush's uh, Ring of Honor contract is up, he can give Andrade a, a call and see if his opinion's changed. If it's changed, then Andre can give him hey, a real opinion. Hey, ora aquí. Bueno. Ah, bueno. And then Rush. Ah, w, double, 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 double. Eh. Anyways, next, Rich Hardesty. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, Stephen Larson, Rich Hardesty here on a camping trip here in Oregon. Here with a Matt Chat question for you. So after watching the retro review of the 92 Rumble uh, and seeing how just energetic Roddy Piper was, it got me to kind of think about Ronda's creative lately. 
She's kind of characterized as the baddest woman on the planet, yet she's going and chasing down people and apologizing to them. But Roddy was just full of energy and was just crazy, kind of in a Dean Ambrose type of a thing. And it got me kind of wondering, are WWE kind of butchering Ronda's creative already? I mean, we've been really impressed with what she's been able to do in the ring so quickly, but she's not got that kind of badass mentality that we even saw from herself in the UFC. So I'm kind of curious for your thoughts. Thanks, guys. Too sweet. Hearty handshake. Thank you, Rich. Thank you, Rich. Um, is WWE botching Ronda's creative? Maybe this is a situation. They're telling the story of how... See, because uh, from the very beginning, Ronda's been like, yeah, I, wanna be, I don't want to be handed anything. Um, um, I want to earn the respect of the locker room. Maybe because of that... She's been kind of walking around on eggshells back there. She's trying to earn her spot. She's new. She's new. She's trying to earn her spot. Um, she doesn't want to rub any in the wrong way just by her mere presence. And so, yeah, maybe, just maybe, she's uh, being a bit friendlier than she normally would be. Um, however, I feel like right now we're in the midst. And I think commentary mentioned this on, especially Corey Graves, this Monday and Raw, that she's finding out the hard way that you don't go in WB to make friends. Either you make friends or you make money. You win championships. And maybe he, she is, the story is now she's finding out the hard way that she can't go in there and, 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 and walk on eggshells and expect to earn the respect. She has to go out there and fight and earn respect that way. Maybe the culmination of that story, the, the bottom for Ronda Rousey, such as it was, is losing to Sasha Banks at the Royal Rumble and losing that woman's title. Uh, and then we'll get a fiery Ronda Rousey, an intense Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey, who, uh, uh, going forward, could very much align with Shayna Baszler and the rest of the MMA Four Horsewomen to take on WWE's Four Horsewomen at like SummerSlam or Survivor Series next year. They're starting that tr transformation to an edgier, more intense, uh, 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 more physical uh, uh, Ronda Rousey. I think we're in the midst of that transformation right now. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I agree 100% with everything you just said. I think they're telling a story with Ronda. Um, I, I think that's what they're doing. I think I think it's... I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. So, I'll, I guess I'll sort of believe it when I see it. But all the seeds for the first chapter of that particular story have been planted. Mm -hmm. The Natalia match that, mm -hmm. we, that we saw a lot, mm -hmm. where she didn't want to... You know, she didn't want to take advantage. She didn't want to do she that. She was hesitant stuff. to put the arm bar in Natalia. Yeah. As soon as Natalia tapped out, she was off. She was off. But then, you know, she also understood that, man, if I, if she, one moment of hesitation, Natalia took advantage of it. She, like, you know, tried to get the upper hand. And mm -hmm. then Ronda Rousey ended up in the end. Like, I have to do this. Yeah. So, like, the seeds are actually totally there. And it's, it could be a really, really well told story, you know, all the way through the horsewoman versus horsewoman thing which could be a really, really great long-term story. Mm -hmm. um, and we, the, all the seeds, all the bits and pieces are there for it. And even looking at just this match at the Rumble, it wasn't like... Ronda's like, I, would, I really want to take on Sasha Banks for the title. Yeah. I really, and then look really how that do. pans out. You get somebody, you know, you're calling out Sasha Banks, oh, respect, respect. And Sasha Banks is like, I'm not about respect. I want that title. Mm -hmm. So you just bit off more than you could chew. Mm -hmm. Um the only thing I will say, if you want to, if you want to get into the sort of bits and pieces, the details of of what they might have been doing wrong, um, I don't think it's been all aces. I will say my one, my one thing about Rhonda is, and I think maybe she she's up for the challenge, but you know, 
it, it helps maybe to fail a little bit and to figure out where you are. This past week on Raw, they gave her a giant chunk of script yeah, to perform. It's not the first time that's happened. At, at gorilla position yeah. during one of those interviews, and she really you know muffed that one up. Um, that being said, you know I think it's fine to get ambitious with what you can do. It's just be prepared to stumble along the way. That was way too much of a promo for her to handle all in one bit. Um, that stuff takes a lot of time. But given where she should be and where she is, I think she is further along oh, yeah. by a long shot than yeah. where really she should be. Performing on the mic is probably, I mean, man, that that is not easy. Especially when Vince is probably like probably right away. there breathing on you. Yeah. Um, so maybe they're throwing a bit much at her um, for what she can handle, but that might also be her saying, no, I can handle whatever you got. Just give it to me. And I guess it also speaks to their confidence in her ability to potentially handle it because in the past she has taken a lot of dialogue and actually done a fairly decent job so (laughs) perfect that's perfect so so yeah i think that you know it hasn't been a plus but definitely you can't go any lower than an a minus man b plus Uh, okay i guess you can you can i'd say an a minus is pretty good though uh next up from graham he wants us to reconsider i guess uh, our stance on Finn winning. Just gave away his question. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Let, have him do it. Take it away, Graham. Hi, Steve. Hi, Larson. My question this week is, um, I mean, Brock stood tall on the very last episode of Raw. And honestly, I think the way it's set up, I honestly think Finn could be Brock. I mean, honestly, I think it could have. You two think it's not going to happen at all. But honestly, I think it could. And I think you should, I don't know, maybe think about it again because I honestly think Finn could win. Anyway, let me know what you think. Too sweet. Howdy, Thank you, Graham. Thank you, Graham. All right, let's think All right. about it. No, right. let's no. Take a moment. Look, take a moment. Look, take a moment. Listen. No, no, listen. I, wanna ru- I don't want to rush into anything. Listen, Graham, listen. All you, no, no, no. We got the same question last week. He ain't winning. He ain't winning. I thought about it and thought about it. Finn ain't winning, man. No, he's not winning, but I can see his point. Let's look at what's happened on Raw. Vince set the stage. For 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 anything less than a, a win for Finn would be an utter failure in his eyes. He says, "I don't believe in f- everything on Raw was set up for Finn to win." Um, uh, Brock stood tall in their segment. Vince said his thing. I don't believe in fairy tales. Really putting the 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 making this a real underdog story yeah. more so than probably already was, or just really reemphasizing the fact that it is a huge underdog story. Everything on Raw was set up for Finn to win. And if, if Finn doesn't win, it more or less validates 85% of what Vince has to say about has said about Finn on Raw. I disagree. All right. Finn can have and will have an outstanding performance where he is on the precipice of winning. A performance that we have not seen before. The kind of performance we've seen from guys like Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. Well, which one is it? A performance we haven't seen before or a performance like we've seen from Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles? A performance we haven't seen before from Finn Balor, All right. but one similar to what we've seen from AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan against Brock Lesnar. One which, by every single measure, will validate uh, his stance as a heavyweight contender in the WWE because he will do what so many other guys that Vince McMahon do find worthy have done, take Brock Lesnar to the limit, that's enough to justify uh, his presence no, there you're right. in the main I'm event. Just saying, I was saying from a different point of view how people could think that it's set up so it seems like Finn has to win. Oh, yeah. I was, no, no, I, look, I was I, look, if you look at the math, you look Finn's at the math. Finn's totally going to lose. You look at the math. I gave Brock all my confidence points. 
<laughs> if you look at them, Brock Lesnar stood tall. That's the that's the only thing that kind of gives me a little bit of pause. No, because but even the stand tall math isn't isn't you know like foolproof. That's like a sixty percent no. likelihood. I think it's like yeah. I think it's not yeah. So uh, and if anybody is above the math, it's Brock Lesnar. Oh, for sure, for sure. So uh, sorry, Graham. Finn's totally losing. I mean, I want Finn to win. I'm gonna be oh. I would for mark him. out so hard. Yeah. I would totally, and I would totally apologize to everybody who's asked us this question. But he's going to lose. Yeah. It's just, it's Martin the Royal Anthony, Rumble. Don't, don't it's your, not mania. Don't get your hopes up. It's not going to happen. Just enjoy the match because it's probably be pretty good. We're old. We've been around a little while. We know when a guy is going to lose, and he's totally going to lose yeah, here. Now, he's gonna lose. there's the possibility. I left it open in my, in my predictions. I said, look, the only caveat is maybe Braun comes down. Finn's on the precipice of winning, maybe winning. Braun comes down and spoils it so that Finn uh, gets a DQ victory. But then that would just mean he needs his rematch, and that's not going to happen. Well, then also Braun so, no. says, I don't know if you can beat Brock at the that Oh, Rumble, but I want you but to. I, but you better. Yeah. So what's leading me to believe? I don't know what Braun's motivation would be to cost Finn. Right, yeah, exactly. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Because so, Finn's Braun's little buddy, remember? Yeah, yeah, that's true, too. So, yeah, you're right. So I, I'm, I'm wrong about that. He's gonna, he's gonna, it's gonna be one of those great underdog David Goliath, but in the end, Goliath's gonna win because Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins are gonna beat him at Mania. Yeah, that's how it's gonna go down. Yeah, next Zenith sixty four. See what Zenith has to say. Okay. Salutations, friendo. So, assuming that the writers are going to start booking very well made storylines, who would you book in a heel versus heel uh, storyline for this instance? Uh, my pick would be Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens. Uh, they're both really great talkers. They're both big hosses, and uh, they're really great wrestlers. So uh, who would you choose for a heel versus heel uh, storyline that would actually work out and be very well booked? Uh, thank you. Thank you, Zenith. Thank you, Zenith. You're busy. I'll go first. Uh, you're ha- no, you go first. Not busy. Uh, book a top heel versus top heel. Oh, uh, Daniel Bryan versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, I know in this situation, Nakamura, I don't even know if he's really a heel. Any- well, yeah, he kind of is. He, like, hurt Lana and stuff. Here, here's the thing. Daniel Bryan versus Shinsuke Nakamura, I just, they want it. Crowd wants it. Everybody wants to see it. I want to see it. So, I think it would be fun if they were trying to out-heal each other. Um, There'd be a lot of hitting in the front area. Yeah, it'd be like lots of, yeah, that's right. Lots of front area action. Lots of dingus Biz. action. Business front area biz. So I just you know Nakamura said that one of the reasons he went to WWE is to fight Daniel Bryan. So let's see that. You don't need to change Nakamura's character. People can root for who they want. Mm-hmm. Um, or they just root for good wrestling. They just root for good wrestling, good vicious heel wrestling. Yeah, trying to out cheat each other and yeah. out low blow each other. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to see, man. I want to see. You're half right, Daniel Bryan. Okay. And as much as I like Nakamura, I think he's Tommaso great. Maso Champa. Give me Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens. It's a good one. Uh and I think the best bit, you know, Daniel Bryan, he's he's not a fan of materialism, commercialism. Sure. Uh and he can get on Kevin Owens about his taste in music. Shania Twain, Elton John. Elton John calling out Elton John for a match at Mania. Don't go breaking my heart. That could be Kevin Owens' new theme song. There you go. And he can get... Uh, no, he comes back after double knee surgery. I'm still standing. <laughs> That's what it is, Steve. That's really good. Um, Change the pop-up powerbomb to the rocket man. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, they have a special Saturday night pay-per-view because Saturday night's all right for fighting. Oh, that's good. That's good. So yeah, give me give me Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens. The promos and would just be 
You know, I'm bummed out. So good. Bummed out George Michael's dad. He seemed like just a cool dude, man. He and seemed a like a hell of a talent. Oh my gosh. Hell of the a level talent, of the eighties really kicked out or the seventies and eighties really kicked out some amazing like arena freaking style mm-hmm. over the top talent. I mean, George Michael Elton John's duet and don't let the sun go down. The right. Man. That's man. what I was thinking of, man. I'm going to put that on a playlist right now. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That was great stuff. Anyways, that's a great question, though. Uh, next up, we got another great question. Oh, wait, question. sorry. So, yeah, sorry. Uh, Daniel Bryan could just attack Kevin Owens for his uh, popular mainstream music tastes and and saying all these huge touring artists spending tons of money touring the world, uh, gobbling up all sorts of energy to power their high, high, you know, their high voltage stage productions, damaging the planet. I like I like this though. What if you just did that? I know it's it's probably gonna be Ray versus Daniel Bryan at Mania yeah. and well deserved. Yeah. But uh, but. What if Owens just like, you know, he made just a surprise return, not at the Rumble, but just at the Raw after or SmackDown after Rumble. Mm-hmm. And he's going to get that baby face pop and they mm-hmm. just ride with that. Oh, I know. You know the they were kind of thing. teasing a tweet yeah. thing anyway yeah. before he left. So And he just called Lashley out destroyed. Daniel Bryan. Before Lashley destroyed him, yeah. Like, what happened to you? You're crazy. He could have all sorts, like the promo battles. Kevin Owens would be killing it. It'd yep. be so funny yep. to listen to him run down like crazy Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Um, maybe bring in a little bit of like, because Kevin Owens, he's not, especially on Twitter, you know, he always talks about it being a family man and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like his WWE persona is sort of least likely family man, you I know, know? I know. But like if well, he, in NXT, it was like, I got to do this to, mm-hmm. I want to put, you know, food on the table for my yeah. family. Yeah, yeah. But if they incorporated a little bit of that sort of domesticated Kevin Owens, that'd be funny. That'd be great. And he's, but he's still like killer in the ring. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see that at Mania. That'd be good. It'd be good. Really good. Next from Christopher Rampersod. Let's see what Christopher has to say. Uh-huh. Hello, Stephen Larson. So my question is, who should main event um, double or nothing? Who should be, like, who should main event will be the biggest draw to bring people in to watch double or nothing? Thank you, Christopher Rampersod. Thank so you. what should main event double or nothing? Now, it seems like Cody's going to be oh, out yeah. because he needs knee surgery. As far as I know, he hasn't had it yet. Um He's got like multiple meniscus tears, depending on what approach he takes to uh, surgery, whether they just clip the torn meniscus or they do like a mic- microfracture thing. Um, the recuperation time is far different. They do the microfracture thing. It's much longer recuperation Wait, who are you time. talking about right now? Cody. Oh, yeah, he's not going to main event. That's not a big deal. Um, well, I was thinking maybe they could do Cody versus Jericho. Oh, that'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. But Cody's probably going to be out of action. So you're think you're looking at... Jericho has to be in the main event, right? Yeah. It's Jericho. Yeah. They, we've done Jericho Kenny. Could it be Jericho Pac Hangman for the title? When is Kenny's contract? He's, that's coming up soon, huh? End of the month. We're going to find out then. About a week. Uh, who? Jericho Pac. Jericho Pac Hangman for the uh, AEW title. You think they're going to christen that title before they do TV? Maybe. they got to generate some serious buzz for this next show. Because the talent pools would be vastly smaller than it was for the first all-in. Double or nothing. They should do like a one-show tournament. They could do that. To crown the champion. That'd be exciting. That'd be cool. Have Jericho in it. Have Jericho in it, but have him bow out, not shockingly early, but like in the... In Second the, round? Third well, round, maybe? Uh, no, in the semi-final, you know, right. and then have, have it end up being Hangman versus Pac. I think that you can really... If you can really use the big name talent you have to to push up Hangman and yeah. Pac. This is what you do. You have, a killer you main have Kenny event. in there too. You do uh, uh, Hangman going over Jericho. In the semi, other semi, you get Pac versus Kenny. Whoa, that's killer. 
in That's the other good. semi. Pac goes over. That's good. Pac versus Hangman for the title. We should book that and then do a we book AEW as a tournament. Double or nothing. As yeah. a tournament. Oh, that's killer. I love mm-hmm. that. Eight man tournament all in one show. Oh, I like that. That's good. We should do that. All right. Get some money for it. Anyways, who's next on our list of amazing Patreon questions? Uh, next, Joshua, the dynamic night Martinez. So this what? is this is the A plus. Look, did you see the the camera movement on this? Oh man! Like, how is it so smooth? I don't know. Like, did, like he have, a, did he have a gimbal? Did he have a gimbal for this? I don't like, know. the audio's got some wind to it, but he, so he's got to upgrade his mic phone. a little bit. That's on the phone though. He can't do much about that. He can't put a windscreen over the the your cell phone mic. It's like some Aaron Sorkin moving talking stuff going on here. Mm-hmm. This is an A plus video. It's very good. This is like Mustafa Ali video it really promo. Is. It is. Let's see Joshua Martinez's question. Hey, Fredos. So by the time this comes out, it'll be. Royal Rumble weekend. So, my question is, what's one outcome, or you can name different outcomes that you would change for different Royal Rumbles? Uh, I think one that I would want to see, like how it would affect the future, would be when the whole Batista Cena botch happened. I kind of wonder what would have happened if Cena would have won instead of Batista. Because when the botch originally happened, it, they both kind of touched the floor at the same time. But. What if it was made clear that Batista touched the ground first, so then Cena would have won out of a botch? Uh, I'll be interested to know what you guys think. Thanks, Rendos. Thank you, Joshua. Thank you, Joshua. So we got a count out that just came out yesterday about this. Yeah. Um, but for those who didn't watch count out, we could revisit it. Or we can uh, put forth some alternate scenarios that we didn't put forth in count out. So uh, I was able to find... So here's the thing. This is the, the wonky world of our YouTube uh, shooting schedule. We haven't filmed it yet, but we have the lists in front of us. Yeah. Um, and you have to review it to do your own little bit of research yeah, for it. Yeah, do a little bit of research into it, too, yeah. Uh, but I will just tackle one of these that I thought was uh, a good one. How about this? Uh, 1994, Brett and Lex Luger both go over the top at the same time. And that leads them to WrestleMania 10, mm-hmm. where Luger takes on Yokozuna first. Doesn't make any sense. In the meantime, Brett and Owen have a match where Owen wins, but Brett still has his title shot against yeah. Yoko yeah. later in the show. Yeah. He ends up uh, Be- beating Yokozuna for the title. Yeah. Beating him for the title, exactly. And like a Yokozuna, <laughs> a fell Yokozuna off the top fell off the title. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that happened. How about this? I like this better because I'm not, I, I understand that people really loved Yokozuna in terms of being a big bad guy. I get that. I don't really see it, to be honest. It's kind of, I think it's kind of silly. How about this, man? How about instead of Luger and Brett going over the top rope, you have Brett and Owen going over the top rope. So brothers go into WrestleMania, and they have to fight for that. So they still have that first match mm-hmm. at Mania, except mm-hmm. you know Brett ends up going over. Mm-hmm. He takes on Yokozuna later on, and then him and Owen uh, celebrate Here's together. Here's the problem. problem with that scenario. Go ahead. What is Lex to do then at that WrestleMania? Do we care? We do not care. Oh, all right. Well, I guess it's not a concern of yours. <laughs> I won't worry about it too much. Um, for me, the one that really sticks out is 2012. Uh, the one that Sheamus won, and then he went on to beat Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania in like eight seconds. Um, like A, Sheamus, who's doing great work now. Awesome work. Mm-hmm. Uh, a really underwhelming winner, mm-hmm. especially in the last two was Jericho, and Jer- Jericho was making that surprise return. Um in my mind, it would have made more sense for Jericho of those two to win. 
Um, and then he can go on challenge Punk for the belt, which mm-hmm. still all happened. Yeah, that still happened. Um, yeah. And the scenario you posit here, the mm-hmm. Miz winning in 2012 to go on and face Daniel Bryan, um, could have been interesting to too. add to their legacy of yeah. of yeah, you would have had just yeah. one more thing. I mean, it's 20, the 2012 Rumble is one that's kind of feels like it was a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. enormously, yeah. Because what did have... Sheamus really do with the title? <laughs> like, who did he lose it to? Yeah, uh, who did he lose it to? I don't remember. Probably like some combination of Edge, Alberto Del Rio. It was a world no, Edge was already retired. He was a world heavyweight champion. What is this, 2012? Yeah. 2012, he had the world title. Boy, I don't know. Let me look it up real quick. Who had the world? Who had the big gold belt? Was it like? It was. Oh, he lost it to Big Show. <laughs> okay. And then Del Rio got it. Okay. And then Dolph and then Del Rio. Yeah, all those. Cena. Yeah. Before it was uh, unified. When Randy Orton beat, beat Cena John for, Cena for it, for yeah. It. No, that's a good one. That's a good one. Put some more stank so on. Imagine that if if either Miz or Jericho won that Rumble, especially mm-hmm. Miz. Imagine the Miz Daniel Bryan feud, whether Miz won or Daniel Bryan retained, it could have taken that belt into a whole other direction. That oh, might have for been sure, far yeah. more interesting than, than what it went. Yeah. And, I mean, even, like, throw Miz into the mix of world title holders. Mm-hmm. That dude, his career deserves having the prestige of being both the, you know, the NWA yeah, yeah. lineage and the, uh, the WWE Man, lineage. Sheamus had that belt for 210 days. Yeah, dude, and it's just a whole lot of nothing going on there. Just a whole lot of nothing. I love Sheamus now. I think he's great. No, he's never, been doing great work. You know, just, as a singles guy, it just never clicked for me. Yeah. Well, he clicked for me for, like, a moment. I really liked his theme song back then. You did. Lobsterhead one? Yeah. That was a good one. You really liked that. It was a good song. Uh, but yeah, we've got eight more Rumble winners that should have won but didn't, or Rumble, I'm sorry, superstars that should have won the Rumble but didn't yeah. on count out from yesterday. So go yeah. check that out. Yes, please. Right now, in the meantime, we're going to hit another Matt Chatter. Perry Smythe. Perry Smythe. Let's see what Perry has to say. Hey, friendos. So these events are a long way off from happening, but which do you think would be a bigger rub for a superstar? The first person to win the Royal Rumble three times in a row, or the first person to win the Royal Rumble twice in a row from the number one or two position? Thanks. See you later. Thank you, Perry Smythe. Thank you, Perry. Um, I kind of feel like the... I mean, this be both pretty impressive, but winning three Rumbles in a row? Yeah. That's unheard of. Yeah, Still cold much. one, two in a row. Yeah. Three yeah. altogether. Yeah. 97, 98, Eight and 2001. Yeah. Yeah. So he's won three, although the 97 one was disputed. I guess my only problem with somebody winning three in a row... Number one, obviously, it depends on who it is. Because if you get like a Roman Reigns winning it three in a row, Roman Reigns before his you know illness, his cancer came back, when people were crapping all over him for being pushed too hard, then it's like Roman Reigns main eventing WrestleMania, however many times in a row he did well, it. He did for like four years in a row. Right, exactly, yeah. four years in a row. And when people say, "Oh my gosh, lacks tension," they're just pushing him down or shoving him down our throats. Whereas if you get a guy two years in a row who came in at number one. That's like Seth Rollins' ter- workhorse territory mm-hmm, where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, man, this dude is a workhorse. He did that two years in a row. That's crazy. Let me ask. How about this? So, for example, let's say Johnny Gargano enters. Just using him as an example. Yeah, sure. A guy who's an underdog. Yeah. Just kind of naturally. Uh, enters a rumble early on, wins it. Goes on to WrestleMania, loses. Doesn't win. Next year, he's in the rumble again. Wins it, goes to WrestleMania again. Guess what? Loses. So Buffalo Bill situation from the early '90s. Yeah, okay. Third time, third time's a charm, man. Gets in there, 
Is that the thing? Yeah. Third time's the charm, yeah. Gets in there, wins the Rumble the third time, okay. finally wins. Yeah. A story like that might work. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if someone wins the Rumble, wins at Mania, wins the Rumble, wins at Mania, wins the Rumble, wins at Mania, yeah, it's going to get tired. It's all based on the story that's being told around the yeah. wins, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. You're right. If it's, if it's the kind of thing where it's a story that's being told where finally he gets it, that's a massive, massive story to be using three Rumbles in a row and then three WrestleMania main events and then he finally wins one. That's a great, great story as opposed to just, oh, we're going to try this Roman thing again. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it, you're right. It absolutely does depend on the story, but in the WWE's way of doing things, generally, if somebody wins something a couple times in a row, it's because they're shoving them down our throats. Whereas if somebody is coming in at number one and putting in just a crazy workhorse mm-hmm. performance, mm-hmm. that's, that's, you know, people really respond to that, you know? Yeah. So, but like you said, it all depends on the story it's all based being told. On the story being told. Totally. I mean, if Roman Reigns is in there at number one, two years in a row, and he's just, again, pre-cancer Roman and he's just like you know Superman punching everybody that'd be boring too (laughs) so people want to see people work man that's why Seth Rollins want to see interesting stories yeah Uh, next Stephen M see what Stephen M has to say good start it's your original bits of guests for Stephen M here with another match at question now with titles in WWE we consider the WWE the title the top title and the universal title it seems that WWE is a top title but the women's titles and tag titles should be seen as just on the same pair as these are the best of their divisions. I know there's a lot of like thrown in tag teams, especially on the Raw division, and it's kind of in the toilet at the minute. But what can WWE do to put these titles up on the same lineage and just power as the other titles? And should tag the best tag team be considered on the same level? as the best woman and men's champion. Too sweet. Hearty handshake. Thank you, Stephen M. Thank you, Stephen M. Um, the easiest way in my mind to elevate titles other than the world titles is just have main event pay-per-views, especially major pay-per-views. So, the, for example, if upcoming Mania, if either the Raw or SmackDown women's titles defend the main event in a match between Ronda, Becky, or Charlotte, whether it's two of those three or all three, um, that's going to do a lot to elevate the women's division and the titles associated with, with that division. Um, imagine if, for example, the Young Bucks hadn't signed with WWE, got into a program with New Day. I mean, that feud, uh, a match in, in that feud could totally main event a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Maybe even something like SummerSlam if mm-hmm. it's built right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how you, you, you elevate titles. You have them in prominent positions on huge pay-per-views mm-hmm. with interesting, well-told stories uh, pushing the, the, the feud along. That's how you do it. Yeah, the uh, the women's division is just by virtue of how many years the WWE sort of, you know, didn't take the women's division seriously. The lineage obviously isn't going to be on par with the men's division, which has, I mean, granted, you know, the men's the men's titles uh, also have their ups and downs. Well, the universe title is brand new, basically. I mean. Been like four people have held that belt. So. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But you know, WWE treats it like a big deal. I think they kind of do the same thing with the the Raw Women's Title, even though it's fairly brand new. Um, so you know, but l- like you said, it's just it's how you treat it uh, and how you develop that lineage. Obviously, with the women's division, they are sort of starting kind of you know uh, the the women's revolution is what three four years old maybe. Um, but it's got some impressive things under it right now mm-hmm. within it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how you do it. You know, you, you main event mania. Yeah. You, if, if it's the hot story on any given month, 
that should be main eventing the show. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's how you do it. But, you know, obviously, when you go back to, like, you know, the – I mean, <laughs> the funny thing is, like, the lineage title isn't even close to me. I honestly think that they treat the Raw women's title in higher esteem than the, the WWE I lineage title. I think pretty title. much any belt on Raw, save for the tag titles, are held in higher esteem that's, than the WWE championship. I think the Intercontinental title, especially while Seth had it. Yeah, I would I would put him on the, I would probably put him on par. I'd probably put him on par, like on the same ground at that time. But I mean, I it's, it's up for debate for sure. I'm not going to say yeah. Um say yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I mean at any given time whatever WWE wants to push, that's what that's what's important. Yes. If like you said, like you said, if the Young Bucks came to town, all of a sudden those raw tag team titles those would be cream of the crop. You'd see mm-hmm. New Day move over to Raw. You'd mm-hmm. see probably Thebar move over there. Usos too. Usos. Ascension would kick over the other way. Uh, whoever else would kick Anybody, over the other everybody way. Everybody else, basically. Yeah, exactly. Save for Revival and uh, Gable and Rude, maybe. And you'd probably see some killer main events with those tag titles. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. Uh, who's next? Devin the Dude. Devin the Dude. Hey, friendos. This is Devin back with another Matt Chat question uh, from the Dude. Uh, I want to know what you guys think about the importance of Becky Lynch versus Asuka. Thank you, Devin the Dude. Thank you, Devin. How important do you think Becky versus... I'll, I'll, I'll just go first. To the WWE, it's not as important as it should be. It should be a lot more important than it is. I guess we'll find out more at the Rumble, but until Asuka is sort of at the level that they're teasing... Ronda Becky Charlotte at, which I just don't get. I don't feel that yet. Maybe I'll be proven wrong at the Rumble. I'd love to see that main event at Mania be all four of them. Yeah, agreed. That'll go a long way towards it. Yeah. But until now, or at this point, Becky has still seemed to be treated as top dog, mm-hmm. almost above title on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, but I want to see Asuka. I think she deserves and should be based on her in-ring ability, based yeah. on how much people love her. Yeah. She needs to be in that top four She needs to be in that discussion, yeah. Yeah, for Agreed. sure. Um, and in that sense, I don't know how important the match is in terms of WWE and in terms of their business, but it's incredibly important for Asuka. Um, if she loses this match and loses the title, she have a title reign of, what, about a month? Yeah. That's not going to be good for her. Mm-hmm. Um, holding on to this belt, regardless of how it happens, mm-hmm. is immensely important for Asuka to establish herself as a champion, legitimize her as a champion. Because basically, whatever happened at NXT, I know it's been mentioned on TV. Becky just mentioned it on SmackDown this week. It's basically non-canon on main roster. Yeah. And at this point, they don't even hardly mention Asuka's winning streak in NXT. Right, yeah. So they really need to legitimize her as a champion on the main roster. And by to do that, they need to give her a decent title run and a decently long reign. Um, and her losing to Becky would just torpedo all of that. She needs that. She needs to win. It's incredibly important for Oscar to hold on to that belt. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. What? What's what would be better for Oscar? What would be better for Oscar? Scenario one: she loses the title at the Rumble, but she's in a fatal four-way main event match at Mania. Mm-hmm. Or she keeps the title at the Rumble, kickoff title, kickoff show title match at Mania, but she still has the title. So here's the thing. I if you're Asuka, who what, would I don't, you I don't, what timeline I don't would you think be? she would be in the Fatal 4-Way Mania if she lost the belt. Like, I think she needs to win the belt to justify her spot in that match to the larger WWE universe. 
not to me. I think she's, you know, probably the, one of the three best wrestlers. If she gets screwed out of the title match at Rumble, and they write her into the fatal four way mm-hmm. somehow, some way, mm-hmm. no, she justifies it through a win or something. I mean, if she gets screwed out of it, the title maybe, but I feel like she needs to have a long, a decently long title reign. But we've seen things like AJ's title reign, which granted had its ups and downs. But wasn't really that iconic. No, I know it wasn't because the creative, for whatever reason, apart from like the Joe stuff. Because if you're not doing something, great. the problem is, dude, if you're not doing something with Becky or Charlotte or Rhonda, you're doing something in the kickoff show. Well, that's why that's SmackDown. the scene right that's now. That's the SmackDown women's roster now. But I think if they bring someone over from Raw to challenge her, they bring. I know you disagree, but I think if Ember Moon wins, if she were to win the Rumble somehow and challenge Asuka, I think they would put that in the main card. It's not in the main card, I man. I think it would be. I don't see how I you think get it would there. Be. She's won. Ember, look, man, you and I love Ember Moon. She was just in a tag match on main event this past week. I know. They don't treat her to that level. But I think if she were to win the Rumble and have a great showing in it, then they possibly could. I don't think it's a guaranteed kickoff show match. I don't think it is. Ember versus Asuka for the SmackDown Women's title. I don't think that's a kickoff show match. As it stands right now, it is. They'd have to do a lot of work to get it. And they have time. They have three months, two and a half months to do that. I have no faith. No faith. I do. All right. Ember Moon's that good. Fair enough. Asuka's that good. Creative? Can you say that again? Are you going to say that about creative? Well, I mean, it'll it'll be on the SmackDown, which I have far more faith in the SmackDown creative than the Raw creative. Man, Naomi and Mandy Rose. Are fighting in a comedy match. I understand that. That's an outlier. They're in a comedy gimmick. For the most part, that's an outlier. The that's Iconics outlier. come out and get booed every week because their creative is so crap. Yeah, they haven't figured out how to do the Iconics right yet. <laughs> Who else is there? There's nobody else, man. There's nobody else. Carmella has a seven-second dance break keeping her relevant. That's really over. <laughs> Let's move but on. But she had a good backstage segment with Charlotte this week. Let's move on. Uh, next, Zach S. He's back with the video question. I think last week he had a text Hall question. of Famer, Zach S. Yes, see what Zach has to say. What's good, Stephen Larson? Many friendos out there. It is your Mad Chat Hall of Famer, Zach S. Coming at you with another Mad Chat question. The question this week is, Stephen Larson, over the last 10 years, 2008 to 2019 roughly, which of these three countries would you say has produced the greater crop of talent? The Great Britain, Canada, or Japan. Thanks, boys. Thank you, Zach S. Thank you, Zach S. I go first. I go first. Okay, you go. It's Japan. It is, but <laughs> see, I mean, like these it, are both right answers. We got to we got to decide on how we're going to answer this question. Is it is it talent who's debuted since two thousand eight? In which case is the UK. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Or is it talent who's risen to prominence within the last 10 years? In no, which case... No country has produced more top-flight talent in the past two years, let alone 10 years, than the UK. Yeah, the scene over there has really exploded. Oh, my. It's, it's like crazy. exploded. It's crazy. They just they, they created an entire another WWE over there. Because the depth of the talent over there. Yeah, It's insane. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. However, the flip side of that... If you look at New Japan, they are they just churn out top flight talent. You go there, you show up at their dojo, and then in three years they mold you into a superstar. Oh my goodness gracious! So there's something else. Their system in New Japan pro wrestling is the biggest star making machine. Yeah, the depth of talent that has just emerged from the UK 
right? Yeah. Probably the top. Again, it depends on the criteria we use. If it's mm-hmm. if it's talent who's more or less made their debut since two thousand eight, mm-hmm. it's hard to argue against the United Kingdom. But if it's just talent who's risen to prominence, like Okada, got to start before two thousand eight, but he didn't really become Okada till twenty eleven, twenty twelve. Right? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know. Yeah. So. Yeah. But no, it's. I mean, it's hard to argue against either of these. But yeah, like you said, it depends on the criteria. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that the UK just all of a sudden, like by virtue of all these little promotions, yeah, you know, just. <laughs> I know WB created a whole new WB just for them. <laughs> exactly. We have one text question from Hall of Famer AO Worm. Yeah. Uh, what does he have to say, he Larson? He says, uh, "Do you think WB has women writers? If yes, do you think the writing could be better? If no, do you think the WB should invest uh, in higher in some and hire some?" I have no idea who's on the writing staff. I believe on one episode of the Pritchard's uh, podcast, he said one of the creative executives was a woman i think i remember that and then she like left or something i think so but for the like forever yeah um well stephanie's like head of creative yeah i guess that's true um i'll 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 say this again like we're not there we don't know who yeah 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 we don't know the 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 the, well i guess we have an idea because pritchard talked about that and there's what 20 some creative yeah staff members in a room and they do ideas and they go all go, go off and write their own little bits and come back and try to make a show out of yeah you know things written by 15 different people i will say this though i will just say this uh i think diversity is super important yes uh because their roster is a fairly diverse well, is, is a pretty diverse one um but yeah you got you got a women's division which is growing rapidly mm-hmm. thanks to all the signings they got there in nxt and the mayon classic so you so your women's division isn't getting any smaller so yes, you probably need. You probably should be hiring a lot of women to write, yes. you know, because they are adding that perspective that yes. men don't have. Exactly. Um, and uh, and yeah, diversity from all walks of life just makes for a better product. It really does. That's that's factual, man. That's that's just factual. So uh, so yeah, if we don't know if they do, if they don't, they should. And yeah, so there you go. Yeah, no, you're right. That's what I got. You're right. That's what I got for you. Anyways, what a fantastic episode. I'm oh, Matt Chat. Just mm, magnifique. Anyways, uh, so yeah, that's it. If you guys want to participate in Matt Chat, uh, $20 bill gets you there. And uh, just send it to us in an envelope and then send us a couple of emails with your video questions. I think that's how it works. That's pretty much it. Yeah, go to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. more than just an opportunity to be on Matt Chat because that's the only perk you got. It's really not, it's not a great value. <laughs> no, no, no. You get a comic book too. Uh, so yeah, uh, and a shout out. I say your name you on there. a lot. $20 yeah. is a good value. It's a great value. It's a really, really super good value. Mm-hmm. It's not like as good as Netflix, though. It's like only 14 bucks, and you get like all sorts of movies and stuff. We well, don't get as many movies as you used to get on Netflix. Remember they, used, like, they had the Stars Library on there, and it was, it was <laughs> yeah. like 90% movies and 10% oh, TV yeah. shows. Now it's 95% TV shows, 4% uh, Netflix original movies. Yeah, half of which are like, eh. They're hit or miss, man. I watched one called IO. Yeah, we watched that. Oh, you watched that? What'd you think of that? It was kind of narratively inert. Yeah. It didn't really go anywhere. Like, the mood was nice, and it was shot well. I loved the world building. Yeah, I but like story-wise, it decent. just didn't really go anywhere. I didn't feel like... I didn't fi- actually, I didn't finish watching it. I got bored and left. I watched the whole thing. However, I watched it on my iPad. Yeah. And multiple times, I hit the fast-forward 10 seconds button, 
and like nothing had happened. Yeah, nothing really <laughs> happened in that movie. But I kind of dug it. It was yeah, a, it, it was a small sci-fi as movie. A mood piece. It was relatively effective. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it just it, I don't know. It didn't really go anywhere. I'll put it this way: like compare that with uh, Extermination. I think it was called. That movie is lit. How do you got Michael Penny in your movie and you make it a really bad movie? We watched one. There was some bad green screen work in that. We watched one called The Open House that literally made no sense. <laughs> There's like some huge twist at the end. It's like, where did that come from? No sense. Dude, the freaking, the, the, uh, what's that guy? The Nightcrawler one. That movie's a Netflix original. Oh, really? The Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Dan Gilroy yeah, yeah, movie. Yeah. That's going to be on Netflix February 1st. That's cool. Have you watched Roma yet? The Alfonso Cuarón movie? That's a no, Netflix movie. No, no. I want to check that out. Yeah. It's got a Best Picture nomina- nomination. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, It's Alfonso Cuarón. It's probably pretty good. Holy moly. And it's I'll a be, Netflix original? Although I didn't really care for Gravity that much. Speaking of a movie that didn't really have a story. Oh, it was technical. technical. Oh, it was Holy like crap. It was, it was, it was Magnifique. impressive. I have a hard time criticizing any movie that's so technically impressive because so many people work so hard on that, and it'd be so hard to no, do. No, I agree. I agree. At the end of the day, though, it's not resonating with you emotionally. Oh, I got weepy just looking at that movie. Oh, yeah. I could just not even listen to it, not know what's going on, and I'd be like, man, this movie is immaculate. It is. You know, I get what you're saying story-wise, though. I kind of got bored during watching it. I like George Clooney, though. Oh, he was good, yeah. He would pop up from time to time yeah. as like but a like ghost. But like Children of Men is fantastic. Oh, that's a beautiful movie. Yeah, man. Netflix, they're just doing this, man. Just throwing money at everything. Stop. Net- Netflix. Just, come on, man. Except instead of booty clapping, it's Netflix movies. You don't do that to Okada <laughs> dollars, man. You think Okada doesn't do that with his own dollars? I'm not talking about Okada. We got to treat these money these monies with respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, that's it for Matt Chat. Thanks so much for tuning in. Okada dollars time. don't grow on trees, Steve. Who's that he's giving? Oh, that's Kenny right there, huh? He's giving is a it? rainmaker? No. No, it's not. Who is that? I don't know. It's got an elbow pad. Ta-na-ha-ha. Oh, it's no. No? I'm going to say it's Kojima, but Kojima, uh, maybe Kojima. I think it's Kojima. That's a hell of a rainmaker. That dude is giving. Because Kojima wears the sleeve on his arm. Hey, did you notice this? Look. Dude, there's Okada dollars on the Okada dollar. (laughs) Brilliant. Brilliant. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.